We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much for locking in, as always. Whether it's the audio side, Spotify, Apple, uh, whether you're checking us out on the YouTube side here on the video. Again, I appreciate you guys a lot. And let's just get right into this, man. This is not going to be a particularly long episode. I'm solo. I'm doing a final Buffalo Bills mock draft. I am taping this Wednesday evening, and I'm literally going to drop this on the audio side and put it up on YouTube within minutes of being done. I'm going to try to keep this short. It's certainly not going to be no hour episode. The NFL draft's here. I know you guys got a lot that you want to get through, a lot of podcasts to listen to, a lot of videos to watch, a lot of articles to read. A lot of last-minute mock drafts, so I just wanted to throw mine into the mix here. Um, real quick before we get going, Aaron Quinn from Cover One, good friend of mine. He's been on for the last five weeks. We did a fun five-week series, Buffalo Bills seven-round mock drafts. Um, it's going to be the exact same thing today, only I'm doing it myself. By the way, if you're a fan of Aaron uh, and the guys over at Cover One, Aaron Quinn, Greg Thompson, and Eric Turner. They're all actually in Vegas covering the draft right now for Cover One. They're going to be doing a lot of content, so make sure you go check them out on YouTube, Cover One. And uh, I wanted to do this a day or two earlier, quite frankly, but I ended up in Florida. Long story short, I went down there to buy a car from somebody I know, drove it back. Took me like two days. Absolute nightmare, man. I would not recommend that drive for anybody if you're doing it by yourself. But anyway, I am here um, Friday. We will have a regular podcast. My man, Joe Yurden will join me like we do every Friday, casual Friday. Um, we will recap night one of the NFL draft, see what the Bills ended up doing. Uh, we'll also talk some Sabres. So that's usually, as usual, like we do every Friday. I'll be taping that, though. The difference is we'll be taping that very, very late uh, Thursday night. So make sure uh, you check back for that. And what I want to do, and then I'm going to get into this mock draft. And like I said, I'm not going to be long-winded once the draft starts. Kind of get it, get the picks in and get out of here. By this point, you know most of the guys. You know most of the thought process. And I really don't need to explain a lot. If you've been watching this for the last five weeks, or if you've been watching several other Buffalo Bills uh, content on YouTube or on the audio side, you kind of know a lot of these players by now. Anyway, um, I do have... And I put up some bullet points if you're, and by the way, one last thing too, I, I always say this, I kind of generally speaking, like when people listen to the audio version of this podcast more than the video, just because it's the quality of the audio is a little bit better. But just like I've said for these five mock drafts I did with Aaron Quinn, if you have the opportunity, whether it's your phone or your laptop, whatever, I would suggest doing this on YouTube because I do have a couple slides that I want to put up on the screen. And, and if you don't, It'll be fine because I'm going to talk through it anyway. And then, of course, when we do the, the 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 mock draft, which we do on the draft network, you can see it visually on the screen as the picks are coming on the board. So that's pretty cool. But anyway, like I said, I got a couple of uh, things that I want to get into right now. Just talking points, I think, scenarios that I want to go over personally. Now, these are my own personal opinions. 
not necessarily uh, you might not share these. But anyway, first things first, I want to review, like I said, Aaron and I did five Bills mocks. And uh, last week, our final one together, we ended up taking Kenyon Green, a guard in the first round from Texas A&M. Then we won Cam Taylor Britt, the corner from Nebraska in round two. By the way, Cam Taylor Britt is the one guy during this mock series, our exercise, that we took in every single mock draft. Everyone. So it's a guy that obviously Aaron and I both like. Um, Isaiah Spiller, running back, went in round three. Alec Paris, a receiver, round four. Round five, Chris Paul, an interior offensive lineman from Tulsa. Round six, Isaac Taylor Stewart, a corner from USC. We double dipped that corner. That's something we've done often. We'll see if that happens again today. Uh, Thomas Booker, uh, interior defensive lineman from Stanford. We took in the seventh round. And Smoke Monday, a safety from Auburn. We took in the seventh round, which, by the way, Aaron Quinn admitted he did that in part because he liked the name. <laughs> anyway, uh, like I said, a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. First and foremost, and I think this is important before we get into the draft. So we do these because they're fun. I think it's a good exercise. It not only provides like water cooler talk, which let's, I mean, let's face it, as content creators, that's our goal to get people talking about specific situations. But at the end of the day, you could watch tape, and I've done it. You could study film. You could read into your eyes, pop out of your head on certain players. You could come up with your own big boards. At the end of the day, though, the hardest part about mock drafts is we don't have actual insight into organizations. And what I mean is this. Folks, we don't know what's going on with the Buffalo Bills inside those walls. More specifically with Brandon Bean. We don't know the future of some of these key veterans. Let's take four real quick here for the Bills. Jordan Boyer, Tremaine Edmonds, Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary. Four very, very good players. Four players who were all really, really good last year. These guys are all going into the final year of their contracts. And we don't know at this time, at least, where their future is. Jordan Boyer. I mean, he's made news. He wants a new deal. That's out there. Everybody knows that. Could this be his last year in Buffalo? That's what we don't know. That's the unknown. You know, we could, again, we could study players, study needs, and put educated guesses together. Yeah, the Bills are going to need a corner. The Bills could use this. The Bills could use that. Jordan Poyer, that safety ain't an immediate need. Shit. Poyer and Micah Hyde literally are the best safety tandem in the NFL. But where's Jordan Poyer going to be in 2023? You know? Ditto Tremaine Edmonds. I know he's a hot topic guy. Bottom line, he's a pro bowler. And the Bills, and it seems like a lot of people in NFL circles like him a lot. He's also in the final year of his contract. He's going to be a free agent after this year. No extension as of now. What are the Bills' plans with him long-term? That we don't know. That affects the draft. If if Brandon Bean thinks they're going to get something done with Tremaine Edmonds and he's going to be here for the next three to four years, well, then he ain't taking a linebacker early, right? But if he thinks there's a good chance, like if he gets if Brandon Bean gets the feeling that they're not going to get something done long-term, whether they don't want to or whether Tremaine Edmonds' representation is going to price him out, they might make a move early in this draft to address that, if not for this year, for next year. Dawson Knox. I mean, they're not. there's no tight end worthy of a first-round pick anyway, but they might take a tight end earlier than we think if they think that Dawson Knox may not be back. Devin Singletary came on big time last year. Became the running back we've been hoping for. Also going into the final year of his deal. He's going to want to get paid. Do the Bills want to invest big money in a, in a second contract from running back? These are things that no matter how much we study players and study needs and scenarios, we don't know this. That's important to know. Um, another thing, there are certain positions I think, when it comes to the first round at least, you can completely do away with. Bills ain't taking quarterback. They ain't taking offensive tackle. I'd be stunned if they take center. They ain't taking a defensive end. They used their first two picks last year on defensive end. Oh, and they signed some guy named Vaughn Miller to soft season. And they brought back Shaq Lawson. Not happening. Defensive tackle. They love Ed Oliver. And they signed three. 
They brought in three new players, including Tim Settle, a guy I really like a lot at defensive tackle. I'd be stunned, stunned if they use a first-round pick on any of those positions. So we could wipe those off the board. This is where the consensus is less. A lot of people watching or listening to this right now probably want the Bills to take a wide receiver in the first round. This is just my opinion, and I don't have any inside knowledge. It's just my gut. It's, it's what I'm thinking. I don't expect it to happen. I do not think the Bills are going wide receiver in the first round. I don't think the Bills are going wide receiver in the second round either. The reason why I don't think the Bills are going to go wide receiver in the first round, well, a couple of them. Number one, the top four are going to be gone. I, I, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave. And by the way, if you're happening to watch this right now on YouTube, the video version, I butchered the spelling of Chris Olave from Ohio State. Anyway, those four guys gone. I like Chris Olave a lot, and so does Aaron. We took him twice in the first round of our mock drafts. I think it was the second and third versions when he kind of seemed to be lasting a little bit longer on the draft network model. But anyway, I think those four guys are gone. And I don't think in the first round with the 25th pick when it's not a, a glaring need, I don't think you take the fourth or even the fifth best wide receiver. It just doesn't feel like good value. And I'm talking about um, Dotson. I'm talking about Burks. I'm talking about Sky Moore. I'm talking about Christian Watson, the guy who's kind of flown up draft boards, it seems, recently. I just don't think those are great picks. In part, and, and this is something that we haven't really talked about. I really like, uh, I really like, I like Jameson Crowder, man. The Bills signed him on a one-year deal, and he's a good player. I think potentially, if he stays healthy, I think he could be better than Cole Beasley was, or just as good as him. And that's no knock on Cole Beasley. That's nothing personal against him. I'm not getting into that stuff. Cole Beasley played through a lot of injuries, especially last year. He was very productive. I think Jameson Crowder could be the same type of player, maybe even a little bit better. And I know he's only here on a one-year deal, but the guy, it's not like he's 32, 33 years old. He's 29. Actually, he's 28. He's going to be 29 during the season. So he could play well, and the Bills could bring him back for a couple of years. Sign him to a two- or three-year deal. I like him. I also like Isaiah McKenzie. I thought he showed he could do some stuff last year. And the Bills, that was literally one of their first moves was re-signing Isaiah McKenzie for two years. So you got Stefan Diggs, one of the best players, receivers in the game. You got Gabriel Davis, a guy who's coming on big time, a guy who I think who could be a Pro Bowl receiver. I think he's a stud. And I felt that way before the Kansas City game last year. And you got Crowder. And you got McKenzie. You go and you get a wide receiver in the first round? What are you doing then? What are you doing? What is, what is Jameson Crowder to you then? I think he's, I think he could be a good player. And I like Isaiah McKenzie. And I know the Bills don't need to be married to him. It's not like his contract says that the Bills got to be married to him. They could get away from that quickly if they wanted to. But I don't know that they're going to. I think the Bills are pretty set for right now, at least, at wide receiver. Now, you know, Jamison Williams really falls or Chris Olave falls. Then maybe I changed my stance. But if those four guys, assuming they're gone, I don't think it would be a good value. I, I wouldn't be a big fan of the Bills taking a receiver on the first round. Now, the, the position that we talk about the most, and for good reason, is cornerback. And that's because on a football team that has very, very, very few needs, and I use almost air quotes with these, corners don't want. They're strong across the board, except for corner. You got Trey White coming off the ACL. You got Dane Jackson. That's it. I don't count Saran Neal. I, to me, he's a special team player, a guy who could do a little bit on the field, but you don't want him in the mix. You don't want him on the field for four quarters playing corner. So they're thin there. That's undeniable. The problem, kind of like I just talked about receiver, I think cornerback at 25, it could end up feeling like a reach. If you're going need over value, best player, then it's a, then it becomes a reach. Uh, Sauce Gardner is going to be gone. Derek Stingley is going to be gone. Trent McDuffie, a guy that I'm not quite sure I'm as high on as a lot of other people. Anyway, he's going to be gone. And then you get a group of like five corners, uh, K.R. Elam, Andrew Booth Jr., Kyle, Kyler Gordon, Tariq Wooden, Woolen, and, and Roger McCrary. And again, I butchered the uh, Tariq spelling over there. 
his last name. I don't know that any of those guys are worth the 25th pick, especially Andrew Booth Jr. If the medical is not completely clean, which again, this is what makes it hard to really have accurate mock drafts is we don't know his medical. But those to me feel like guys that you could get at the end of the first round or the top half of the second round. So maybe even you move back in the first or you move up in the second if you want one of those guys. Except Booth Jr. He's the wild card. I know corners the need. And it's also Brandon Bean. It's not his ammo to use heavy resources as CB2. And let's not, let's not forget this too either. The draft is in the end all be all for this roster. The Bills could not take a corner at all. And then they could go out and they could sign a veteran or they could trade for a veteran immediately after the draft. And there are some decent ones out there. I think what I like about this draft is it's not really like top heavy. There's no real consensus about who the best player, or even maybe the best two players at every position is in this draft. And for what the Bills, I think, are looking to add, I think this is a really good draft in terms of day two, really solid depth at running back and guard, which are two positions that I think the Bills could uh, could add. Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green, those are going to be the first two guards off the board, probably both in the first round. I like Sean Ryan. I like Dylan Partham, uh, Tyler Smith, Ed Ingram, Cam Jurgens, Lucita Smith. Those are guards I wouldn't mind rounds somewhere between two and four because I don't think a guard is going to come in and start from day one. They paid, they matched a pretty big offer to get Ryan Bates back and they got Roger Saffold, um, a 33-year-old on a one-year deal. But that's the thing. You get a guard this year. Yeah, he don't start this year. He might even play this year. But now you got that position addressed for the next four years after that because you get a fifth year on a first-round pick. You got Ryan Bates here for four years. You got Spencer Brown here, who was only a rookie last year. Deion Dawkins signed an extension. Mitch Morris is there for at least two years. You can really solidify the offensive line by taking a, a guard pretty early, even if it's not a need now. And then running backs. James Cook, I like this kid a lot from Georgia. A lot. More than most. I'd love to get him in the second round. And I know some people might think that's too high. I know on computers and simulated drafts, he's going in near the end of round three. I think you get him in the second round. Rashad White, a guy that Aaron is very high on. These guys catch the ball to the backfield. I'm not just talking about running backs. I'm talking about running backs who do something specific. And we damn well know Brandon Bean wants a running back who could do something different. That's why they went after J.D. McKissick. And by the way, I put zero stock in the Duke Johnson signing. I, I don't I don't think he, he doesn't move the needle for me at all when it comes to uh, taking another running back. And even if he does... Taking another running back to be mean more trouble for Zach Moss than it would for uh for Duke Johnson. But anyway, I think those are guys that have good uh that could bring good depth. There are two positions that I think the Bills could use it at. Uh, sorry to take some of my water here. All right, so a couple of dark horse possibilities. And again, this kind of circles back to what I talked about, where we don't know what's going on contractually long term with the Bills and some of their key veterans. If the Bills might not bring back Jermaine Emmons beyond this year, or if they don't want to pay Jordan Boyer what Jordan Boyer thinks he should get paid, that could be a problem. So what do you do? You draft for the future. You find small roles for them this year, and then they take over those roles in 2023. Devin Lloyd, a linebacker, um, and, and Lewis Sign, a heat-seeking missile safety from Georgia. I, dude, everyone in this draft seems freaking from Georgia, ain't it? Anyway. If you think you're going to lose Edmonds or Poyer, maybe you want to replenish that cupboard right now. Those are very worthy players. I think those could be dark horse candidates for a pick where you'd be like, whoa. But then it can make sense a little bit down the road because of the contracts and the status of a couple of veterans. I think if the Bills, a dark horse candidate could be if Stingley or Kyle Hamilton fall to... Maybe 9 to 12. I can see the Bills moving up for one of them. You want to you wanna swing big on the draft? Depending on how the market's going, you give up your first, your second, and then maybe a second or a third next year, and you can go get you a Derek Stingley. And there's your CB2 right there. Story over. Or, and Joe Biscali has been talking about this for months now with The Athletic. 
The Bills front office and the coaching staff seems to have a much higher premium on safety play than uh, corner, a CB2 at least, especially having Trey White. Kyle Hamilton could be in play if he slips a little bit. Again, he's a guy this year, you could kind of out a role for him, a smaller role, and then bam, he takes over for Poyer. Or even a Poyer resigns. Who knows how much longer Micah Hyde's going to be here? He's got two more years under his contract. You can go get a stud, a guy who some people think is one of the best three players, talents in his draft. Don't sleep on that. Also, don't sleep on trading down. And trading down in general, of course, I think you could get an extra day two pick. We talked about some of these corners. Maybe 25 is a little bit too high. Or maybe they like a running back, Brees Hall at 25, but they think that's a little bit too high. They want to move down to the end of the first round or even maybe really early into the second round. Pick up an extra day two pick. That could happen. I'll give you one specific, and I, and I wrote this down. Detroit. Detroit has the second overall pick. They ain't taking a quarterback at two. But there's three quarterbacks who might maybe go in the first round. Maybe. Two of those three will probably go in the second half. Maybe somewhere in the 20s. Detroit also has the last pick in the first round. Maybe they move up from 32 to 25. They want to get their quarterback. The Bills can move back to 32, and then they can pick up Detroit's third-round pick, 66 overall. There you go. Now you got a pick at the end of the first, and you got your second, and you got two-thirds. So I think that's a possibility, too. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not uncovering any mysteries here. Trade up, trade down. But they could happen. They're dark horse candidates. And again, Lewis Sign or Devin Lloyd, if there's something about Edmonds or Poyer contractually that we don't know about, I think they're in play too. So, and, and then we're going to take a break after this and we're going to get into the actual mock. Uh, I got six prime draft candidates, the guys who I think are the six most likely realistic possibilities for the Bills at 25. Brees Hall tops the list for me. Again, he is a running back who could do stuff that Devin Singletary can't do. He will bring an element to the Bills' offense that they currently do not have. There's not a lot that this football team doesn't have, but that home run hitting running back who can take it to the house, who's, who's I don't want to say amazing, but who's really good coming out of the backfield catching the football, that's Brees Hall. They wanted that with J.D. McKissick. They were going to give $4.5 million. They saw him as that type of player. They were going to give him $4.5 million per year for two years, early in free agency. So you know Brandon B's looking for something like that. That's why it wouldn't surprise me at all. Brees Hall could be there. He'd be the first running back off the board. We still, we'll never know if the Bills would have taken Travis ATN last year. I kind of feel like this is a, a similar situation. Um, Two guards, Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green, they're on my list. I think Zion Johnson is pretty likely to be gone, but I don't think it's a lock. But I could see him going somewhere three to five picks before the Bills, somewhere in that range, or maybe even one pick before because Dallas could use a guard and they pick right, right ahead of Buffalo. He'd be a great man. I'd be happy to have Zion Johnson. Kenyon Green, same deal. And I just talked about this a couple minutes ago. Yeah, he's not going to start week one, rookie year. But there's your Roger Saffold replacement plan. Or if Roger Saffold gets hurt. The Bills have had some pretty shitty luck with offensive line injuries the last couple of years. So he's quality insurance now. And he's a four-year, because you'll have a five-year deal. He's your, you got your starting guards locked in for the next three years between him and Bates, for sure, if you draft one of those guys. Daxon Hill, a kind of utility knife defensive back. You're going to lose Jordan Boyer. Maybe that's your replacement. If Teron Johnson gets hurt, he could play nickel corner. He's played a little bit of outside corner. Who knows? Maybe the Bills feel like they can make him into a, a viable CB2 on the outside. He's a possibility for sure. I like him a lot. Um, one guy, Andrew Booth Jr., we, we talked about him briefly. He's got medical issues. He had double hernia surgery. We don't know how healthy he is. I'll tell you this. If he's got a clean bill of health and he's on the board, it would be tough for the Buffalo Bills to pass him up. I'm not very high on CB2 with the first-round pick if it's not one of the top three, but he might be the exception. He might be the exception. And then the last guy, Kyler Elam, a, a corner. I'm not I'm not as high personally on him as some other people are. Very athletic guy, good player. From what I've read, he doesn't really like to be physical. He doesn't like to tackle. <laughs> that his forte. I don't know how that would fly on a Sean McDermott defense, but he's a guy that I hear a lot about. And if they go corner, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all 
were he the pick. So those are my six prime draft candidates. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a real quick break here, come right back on the other side, and uh, we're going to jump right into this mock. And like I said, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about all these scenarios. I kind of feel like we went through a bunch of them already. And uh, I'll get these picks, and then uh, we'll, we'll make this quick. Be right back, folks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, folks, we are back here, and let's just jump right into this mock draft. And, and like I said, we've done this five weeks in a row, me and myself and uh, Aaron Quinn. I'm sure you've seen similar mocks on other uh, podcasts or other builds content creators. And not going to be any different here, man. We're going to do it the same way we have. And uh, let's just get this while I'm trying to pull it up here. I will run this fast. And like I said, we will uh, not spend too much time talking about possibilities that we've already talked about but let's just kick this off right now and we'll let this get rolling as it is rolling i will say one more time if you're listening to this that's fine i'm going to talk it through regardless but if you have the ability to, to to watch us on youtube i think when we do these live mocks um you get a little bit more out of it so let's uh let, let's get going right here and i'm going to go up and i'm not going to again i'm not going to run off the name of every single player that got drafted just something that i think might be of particular interest to Bills fans. Sauce Gardner ends up going three, by the way, to the Houston Texans. Uh, Kyle Hamilton goes eight to Atlanta. Stingley goes nine to Seattle. Those were two guys that I talked about as potential Bills swing for the fence with a big trade up. So going by the draft network here, which is pretty damn good, by the way, you would have to move up to eight or nine if you want to get a piece of them. Um, Zion Johnson, a, a guy we talked about, wow, he went all the way. As high as 14 to, to Baltimore. Jameson Williams, a wide receiver a lot of fans like. He goes 15 to Philly. Daxon Hill, we talked about him. He was on my top six. He goes 18 to New Orleans. Malik Willis, first quarterback taken to New Orleans at 19. Um, Desmond Ritter, quarterback goes 20 to Cincy. Now, I, I bring those two up because, like I said, there might be a team that wanted to come up near the end of the first round to get a quarterback. Two of them are gone. Trent McDuffie goes all the way to 21 before going to New England. Chris Olave, a receiver I like a lot, goes 22 to Green Bay. Kenyon Green, a guard, goes 24, one pick before Buffalo to Dallas, which I had three guys that I really thought would be there, and he was one of them. So this is going to make my decision. Well, it's not going to make it easier because I can tell you right now, I've done this scenario a million times. And I'm instantly stuck with two guys when it comes to the Bills. Again, I am not thinking receiver. So you could cross Traylon Burks off the list. Um, a couple of the other ones, Jahad Dotson, cross them off the list for me. If the scenario plays out this way, 100% it's coming down to Brees Hall versus, uh, versus Andrew Booth Jr. at the corner versus the running back. And one other thing, one other note too, I will say the way this board did play out, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker, well, I've heard some little medical red flags too, nothing crazy, but he's still on the board. And again, I would have to be really, really highly confident that uh, Tremaine Edmonds is done. And these are things you'd have to be in the boardroom to know. But if Tremaine Edmonds is for sure done after this year, the Bills don't want to pay him. They've gotten an idea that 
he's going to want astronomical money and the bills aren't going to pay it. You got a guy who many think is a top 15 pick sitting there at 25. If I'm in that boardroom, I'd, I'd have to give this some serious thought, but we don't know. What we do know is Andrew Booth Jr. is a quality corner with some medical concerns, I should say. I don't want to say issues, but concerns. He had double hernia surgery. He also had an injury two years ago as well. And then you got Brees Hall, man. Taking a running back in the first round is really tough. It's really tough. But for an offense that may be lacking one thing, Brees Hall is the guy who remedies that. You got your quarterback who could do it all. We already know that. You got two great receivers. You got an emerging tight end. You got a pretty damn good offensive line. And you got a running back who can run the ball. Devin Singletary could do some stuff. But Brees Hall, he is a, a game-changing type of running back. It just makes the offense even harder to defend than it already is. And I'm kind of talking myself into this in real time, by the way. Because the combination of boost, medical, concern, and also... The ammo Brandon Bean to just not invest resources that heavily in a cornerback this early in the draft has kind of got me pushing towards Hall, to be honest with you. Now, I will say Trey White's ACL may play a factor. Cornerback is definitely, in terms of salary and premium positions, the smarter play because now you get a corner that you have under contract for five years. Ugh. This is tough, but you know what? I came to this draft saying, if I can make my offense even more unstoppable, that's what I'm going to do. And I will say one thing too, this mock draft, we're not doing trades. Were we doing trades? I would pull the trigger right now in Hall, and I'd be looking aggressively to get up from 57 into maybe around 40 to 46, moving up 10 to 15 spots, even if it costs me my third rounder or something next year. And I would really want to get one of those second or third tier corners. I would move up in this draft to do that in round two. We can't do that. We'll see how it plays out. We'll talk out that scenario of what could have been. But anyway, I'm being long-winded here. I got to go Brisol. I just, I, I think he's more of a, a sure thing. I think he can come in from day one and start. I mean, he's not going to be a, a three-down guy. Not when you got Devin Singletary, who still has value. but. This is a, a short-term answer because he makes the offense better. And he's also a three or four-year long-term answer after the season because now you're not paying Devin Singletary a, a big second contract and you got a, a quality running back under contract for five years on a rookie deal. So I feel pretty good about that. Now I want to go here. We're on the bills or on the clock here for the second round pick. But before that, let's go and look at uh, what went on after uh, we took Hall. So Lewis signed a, a safety that I talked about. He goes two picks later to Tampa. By the way, Devin Lloyd literally went the next pick to Tennessee. Like I said, man, I'd have a hard time passing on him if he were there. Unless the Bills are confident that Tremaine's coming back. Anywhere, Keir Elam goes 30 to Kansas City. Andrew Booth Jr. ends up going 31 to Cincy. Pickett, Detroit 32, the quarterback, which by the way, I said before this mock that Detroit might want to move up for a quarter. Well, they got one here in this scenario at 32. I still think that's a possibility the Bills can move down. Uh, in the round two, and I'll focus on corner here, Kyler Gordon goes 38 to the Jets. Uh, Jahad Dotson, receiver, 39 to the Bears. Um, receivers also at 42 and 43. All right, Ty Tyreek Woolen, a corner, goes 45 to Baltimore. And then uh, Minnesota at 46 takes Roger McCreary. Okay, so this is what I was talking about. So you got McCreary, Wooden, and they go 45-46. If this were with Dr and Gordon went 38, were there trades in this mock, which I'm not doing trades? I said it when I made the hall pick. I would aggressively be trying to move up from 57. I want to get one of those guys in round two. They're not going to fall to 57. So if you want to go running back in a corner who you think is a, is a tier or two above the next wave, I think this is a great place to move up in round two to go get yourself a corner. Um, all right, let's let's get Quay Walker, by the way, linebacker. Did not mention him earlier. He goes to Kansas City at 50. I love that kid. All right, so the Bills are on the clock. And let's go look right now at corner. And here's what we got. Alante Taylor um, from Tennessee's there. Cam Taylor Britt, a guy we've, Aaron and I have literally taken in every single mock. He's from Nebraska. He's there. 
Uh, Kobe Bryant, a corner from Cincinnati, is there. Martin Emerson, he's a little bit farther down on the draft network board, but I've read a lot of good things about him from Mississippi State. He's there. So you go there, and then let's uh, – my bad here. I'm kind of – I fumbled over that. But anyway, those are the top corners available because we did not trade up in round two. And then an interior offensive line is another position, the other position that I said the Bills could really stand to uh, do something early in this draft. It might not help them right away, but I think it's something that could pay off for, uh, for years to come. And Sean Ryan, a guy who was in, he was on a top 30 visit with the Bills. He's on the board. And then Dylan, Dylan Parham, a guy from uh, Memphis, a guard. A guy who Joe Marino from the Draft Network is, is in lockdown Bills is very high on. In fact, he took him. I watched the mock draft. I cover one featuring him last week, and he took Dylan Parham in the second round. So if you want Ryan or you want Parham, they're both there at guard. And if you want to go corner, you got Tam, Cam Taylor Britt. It might feel like it's a little bit too high, but I, again, if you don't take him in round two, you're not going to get him in round three. So there's your decision. Like the first round of the dilemma was corner versus running back. Now to me, it's corner versus guard. I look at this roster and I... I'm just a big fan of Cam Taylor Britt. Aaron has really sold me through this process. So we might lose out on, on guards and uh, because we pass on one again, but I, I feel good about taking Cam Taylor Britt. So that's who we took in round two. Now we're rolling to round three. And I can tell you now, before we take a look at the board coming in to round three, guards my goal. Cam Jurgens immediately comes to mind. He's a guy that I would love for the Bills to be able to get late in round three. Let's take a look here. And uh, so we'll go to the end of round two. And uh, let's see picks after. All right, so Sean Ryan went uh, three picks later to Tampa. Uh, Dylan Parham went near the end of round two to Cincy. God damn, if that does work out, Cincinnati was a really good team, but a shitty offensive line. They've really addressed that in free agency. And now they're addressing it again in the draft. Very interesting. Uh, a couple running backs going there beginning in round three, which we don't care about at this point. Um, looking at interior offensive alignment here, who's gone? Isaiah Likely and Trey McBride, probably the two top tight ends, go early in round three to uh, the Giants in Houston. And Ingram, an interior offensive lineman. Um, he goes to Pittsburgh at 84. And there it is. Couple picks for the Bills. I really, really liked Cam Jurgens a lot. He ends up going to uh, the Vegas Raiders at 86. And the Bills are on the clock now. At 89, I just want to take a quick glance and make sure there's no one on the board that is like, oh my God, I got to add this guy, even if he's at a position not necessarily of need. I do like Kobe Bryant a lot. He is there. Um, but again, we just went corner in round two. Would they go corner in round three? Well, let's say this. The Bills went defensive end in rounds one and two last year. The Bills went offensive tackle in rounds three and five with their next two picks last year. So it would certainly not be unheard of to do that. And I do like Kobe Bryant um, plenty. So he's probably the, the the corner I would look at. In terms of interior offensive line, um, we go to the top. Lasita Smith is a guy I like a lot. I think if we pass on his Lasita Smith and don't take him, I think, I think you're pretty much saying, all right, I don't think there's a guard in this draft that not only is really good for depth now, but might not be anything more than depth going Forward. I think Lasita Smith is a guy who you could draft now, develop, and I think he could become a starter next year. And you know what? <laughs> I talked myself into it. I'm taking Lasita Smith, interior offensive lineman, in round three. We're probably going to lose on in Kobe Bryant because of that, which, again, I would have liked to have double-dipped at corner, and we still might. It just won't be with Kobe Bryant. So anyway, we're rolling up here. Round four, moving along pretty well. By the way, this is a lot of fun to do. Had a lot of fun doing this and a lot of interaction from people because everybody's got their opinions. And we try to do these mocks based on what we think the bills are going to do, or at least I certainly do. I don't necessarily put out a mock because I'm like, well, I'm going to get the most likes on Twitter because bills fans are going to love this. I, I do it the way I think it's going to play out. All right. So anyway, let's go back to the bills last pick. So we took Lucita Smith, Kobe Bryant goes two picks later to Tampa. It seems like Tampa's getting all the guys that, I contemplated the Bills taken, and then they go to Tampa like one or two picks after. Uh, JT Woods is a safety from Baylor. Goes to Cincy. I like James Cook and Rashad White, two running backs I love. If Brees Hall does not go to Buffalo, I would love James Cook or Rashad White. Uh, they go to Detroit and Denver. Um, 
representatives. Oh, I said they were James Cook, Richard White. I want to make sure I got this right. Yeah, they go to Detroit and Denver, respectively. By the way, that's not going to happen with Denver, especially because they just brought back Melvin Gordon. But anyway, let's keep this chugging here. Just looking for any names that might be sticking out before the Bills go on the clock. Pierre Strong, running back, South Dakota State. I like him plenty. Uh, all right, man. So we're up. And again, this is warts and all, by the way. I'm not even editing this. So if I stumble over some shit like I just did, literally um, tough shit. That's the way it's going to go. All right, so the Bills are on the clock here. Round four. Two guys are at the top of the board. Two guys that I've taken before with Aaron. So I know plenty about them. Um, defensive tackle from Stanford, Thomas Booker, and a receiver, Velas Jones Jr., wide receiver from Tennessee. You know what? I'm going to take him, and I kind of want to backtrack a little bit and explain. I said I thought it would be a bad idea for the Bills to take a wide receiver at 25, but now you're talking about a guy who will come in and be the fifth receiver, maybe sixth. I'll have to beat out Marquez Stevenson or whoever it may be, but Velas Jones Jr. is a developmental wide receiver, a guy that I like in the fourth round. I think he's good value. And I think he could become a good player, especially if you don't keep uh, Jameson Crowder long-term. So anyway, we're cooking here. We're in the fifth round, uh, looking at the top of the board here. And again, if I see names that I know well from past mocks, we're just going to, we're going to take them. By the way, Smoke Monday was a seventh round pick in early mock drafts. And quite frankly, at first it was just, it felt like those were picks because Aaron liked the name Smoke Monday. But it seems, and I've been reading a lot about him, because once we take guys, I kind of watch some tape and I learn about him. Smoke Monday is a guy that I think is a, could be a pretty good player. Like he's, I don't think he's a starter, but I think he's a good depth player. And this removes Jordan Poyer. Like this pick, is, if it's made, it's got nothing to do with Jordan Poyer staying or going. This is just about adding potentially some quality depth to uh, the safety position as well as special teams. We're in the fifth round. I, I see the name. It pops at me. So we're going to pull the trigger there. Smoke Monday goes to Auburn. Going to keep this going here. Sorry for that pause. I had to get a little quick drink of water. Here's what we're going to do in round six, by the way. I'm, I'm going to do this differently. And I got to explain this. Aaron and I talked about this on our last mock. When it comes to punter, there's one punter, Matt Ariza, who's going to be gone. I think he's from San Diego State. He's going to get drafted somewhere in the third or fourth round. We didn't do that. And there's no other punters on this because uh, there's no, not listed as needs. So the draft network doesn't have any punters. But what we're going to do here, because we're in the sixth round, I think this is a good time to take one. I'm just going to use a random name. In this case, is Donovan West, an interior offensive lineman from Arizona State. I'm pulling the trigger on him, but we're just going to call him Camp Punter. Because I do think the Bills are going to draft a punter. I don't know shit about punters besides Eraser, so I'm not going to speculate as to who. And like I said, on Draft Network, and most of them, they don't even bother to list them. But I do think the Bills are going to draft a punter. So that's where I'm going. All right, so we got two more picks here. Seventh round, last two picks. Uh, Reed Blankenship is a safety from Middle Tennessee. I like him. And Wanye Thomas is a safety from Georgia Tech that I like a lot as well. Now, we've already went safety. Again, though, what is the, who, who's the depth and what's the feature of Jordan Poyer that might not affect this pick specifically? But you can add to that position with players that, I, that from what I've read about, are pretty damn good. Um, let's take a quick look. You know, this is the kind of uh, portion of draft where maybe, there might be an offensive tackle. You want to develop somebody, somebody to maybe compete with Tommy Doyle for, for a, a spot. And I'm looking right now, and uh, a guy that I've heard of is Max Mitchell. He's an offensive tackle from Louisiana. I'm going to take him basically because I heard of him. And, and again, this is the seventh round, folks. In all likeliness, on a team this good, the Bills, he probably doesn't make the team. And also, I will like to say this too. I don't think the Bills are going to end up picking this much with trades, because I do think there's going to be trades. I can see the Bills getting out of some of these picks, whether they give them up for picks next year or whether they package some fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, some kind of combination to get up a little bit further in the draft and, and get a little bit higher and have less picks in return. I don't think they're going to draft this many guys because I don't think this many people 
are going to make the roster, quite frankly. All right, last pick here. Um, let's see. You know what? I I, I don't want to go safety. I don't want to pick two safeties. I, I almost talked myself into it last round, but there seemed to be a lot of them there. I'm um, just looking for a name that kind of a player that I have at least heard of to some extent. Um, you know what's funny? Javon Halle is a, a wide receiver from Coastal Carolina. I remember him from Venice when uh, my son went to high school in Florida. Kid was absolutely unbelievable. He's on the board. Can't take him, though. Um, you know what? Brock Hoffman, he's an interior offensive lineman. Let's add to the let's add to camp. Let's add to the guard position a little bit more. And we'll go Brock Hoffman from Virginia Tech. Again, let's be honest here, folks. After the third or fourth round at best, unless I mean, unless you have really, really, really studied this draft, you don't know the names. And quite frankly, you probably don't much care. All right. So this is going to wind up here. And we're going to get uh the Bills picks are going to come in here and they're going to list them. I'll read them off to you. And then we'll get out of here. All right, so let's finalize in the draft. And again, another uh, tip of the cap to uh, the draft network. They've been so awesome. This has been such a fun model to use. I mean, it's not perfect. I wish they would do a couple things differently. Primarily, like if you have uh, the premium and it has trades, I wish it was a way to kind of uh, see the board better or to stop the phone from continuously ringing every time a, a trade offer gets made. There's a glitches I'm sure they'll work on, but all in all, man, this draft network is just it's freaking amazing. Anyway, all right, so let's recap the Buffalo Bills draft there. In the first round, we go running back, Brees Hall from Iowa State. I'm sure that's going to be a very hot topic. Um, round two, Cam Taylor Britt, corner from Nebraska. Round three, Lasita Smith, an interior offensive lineman from Virginia Tech. Uh, round four, Velas Jones Jr., wide receiver from Tennessee. Round five. Smoke Monday from Auburn. Round six, again, we're just going to call this Bill's punter. Uh, round seven, we take Max Mitchell, a tackle from Louisiana. And then round seven, the second of uh, two picks in round seven, we go Brock Hoffman, a uh, interior offensive lineman from Virginia Tech. All right, so I go and I look at this draft and I'm happy because I came into this draft wanting three things. Not necessarily in a specific order, but I wanted a running back who did something, not just a running back. I wanted a running back who brought something unique to the table that I don't think the Bills have. I wanted a corner. That's obvious. We all need the, we all know the Bills need a corner. And I wanted a quality guard to add to the position because I think getting a guard on day two, if not day one, will uh, result in a guy who becomes a starter next year and that line kind of stays consistent he gets a year of development now behind roger saffold we accomplished that not necessarily sure that it was in the order that i thought but i i'm not going to regret Brees hall i one of the great fascinating things that i'll always wonder about is if the buffalo bills would have taken travis atn had he been on the board and available to them last year now, things worked out fine. Greg Rizzo looks like he's going to be a good end. I like him. It's just fascinating to me. Brees Hall's with this Buffalo Bills offense, it's the one thing I think that it lacks. So I'm not unhappy with that pick. In the second round, looking back now in real time, I kind of wish, I kind of wish, maybe I would have went guard if I would have took Parham in round two. But, by taking Cam Taylor Britt, I think he's a guy who's going to come into Bill's training camp in July and he's going to compete with Dane Jackson right away to start. I mean, he'll play with Dane Jackson at the beginning of camp because Trey White won't be ready. But ultimately, he's going to compete with Dane Jackson immediately to start. So I like that. And then Lucita Smith is a guy, again, third round guard. I don't think there's any threat of him starting, but I think he's a guy you could develop and he could become a, he could become a starter down the road. Rest of the draft, again, developmental guys. Vilas Jones Jr., fourth round. That was one of those, and a receiver. I don't know. Maybe I could have double-dipped that corner instead of taking a receiver. If you're not going to take one of the first three rounds. But again, Vilas Jones Jr., maybe he's a guy that you can bring along slowly. I don't know how the Bills feel about Marquez Stevenson. I would suspect that how they feel about Stevenson as a receiver would have plenty to do with uh, how they feel about Jones. And I got a punter. And then I got some offensive line competition. But you could never have too much of for training camp. 
So that's my mock draft, folks. I'd love to know what you think. This has been fun. This is going to be a process that, you know, this was a process, I should say. It's fun every year to do. And it's always fun to go back and look at this a week from now because some guys that we have going in the second round are going to end up fifth round picks. Some guys we got going in the fifth or sixth round and we call them steals. They're going to end up going in somewhere in the second round. It's the way it works every year with mock drafts. It's going to be trades. It's going to be shockers. It's always fun. It's fun to look at a week from now. And then it's always fun to go back a year or two from now and see how these guys turn out. Like, how did your mock draft? It might look great right now. Your friends might be high-fiving you. But one or two years down the road, if they looked at that mock draft, you'd be like, God damn. Thank God you weren't right, man. <laughs> anyway, this has been fun. I love doing this every year. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back again. I'm taping it very late Thursday, so we will be on taping right after the NFL draft's over. We'll talk about the Bills, the night one of the draft, um, Buffalo Sabres with Joe Yurden. So make sure you tune into that. Thank you very much, guys. Love y'all, man. Talk to you soon. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.